0: Chapter Seven of The Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun by Cachul Mendez, translated by Thomas John R. Vivian, eighteen fifty-five to nineteen twenty-five. The Fatal Wish with bare feet and with hair floating in the wind a beggar lad passed along the road before the king's palace beggar though he was he was very handsome with golden curls big black eyes and mouth as fresh as a rose after rain the sun seemed to take a particular pleasure in looking at him and there was really more light and brightness round about his rags than lay upon the satins velvets and brocades of the gentlemen and noble ladies lounging in the court of honour oh how lovely she is exclaimed the beggar suddenly stopping he had seen the princess rosalind who was sitting at her window and truly it was impossible to find anything more lovely than she was motionless with his arms raised towards the window as though towards an opening in the sky through which he caught a glimpse of paradise the beggar would have remained thus until evening if a guard had not chased him away with the butt of a halberd and with hard words he went away, holding down his head. It seemed to him that now everything was gloomy before him and around him. The horizon dark, and the trees but shadows. Unable to see Rosalind, he believed the sun was dead. Sitting down under an oak at the edge of a wood, he began to cry. "Well, well, young fellow, why are you sorrowing in this fashion?" asked an old woman woodpicker who just then came out of the wood, her back bent beneath a fagot of dried sticks what good would it be to tell you said he you can do nothing for me my poor woman perhaps you are mistaken about that said the crone while speaking she straightened herself up and threw away her burden she was no longer a wood but a fairy beautiful as the day dressed in a robe of silver lace and with her hair garlanded with precious stones as to the dead branches immediately she threw them away they took flight Covering themselves with green leaves and returning to the trees from which they had fallen, while the birds sang for joy to welcome the branches back. Oh, my lady fairy, cried the beggar lad, falling on his knees, take pity on my misfortune. Since I saw the princess at the window, my heart no longer belongs to me, and I feel that I shall never, never love anyone but her. Well, said the fairy, there is no great misfortune in that oh cried he could there be a greater for me do you understand that i shall die if i do not marry the princess well what is to hinder you from marrying her said the fairy she is not engaged i believe oh madame look at my rags see my bare feet i am but a poor fellow who begs upon the road that does not matter said the fairy nothing can hinder one from being loved who loves sincerely such is the sweet and eternal law of life the king and queen will repulse you with disdain and the courtiers will ridicule you but if your love for the princess is true she will be touched by it and will give you her pity the young fellow shook his head he could not believe that such a miracle was possible take care said the fairy or your want of fate will be punished in a way that will be anything but pleasant however as you are suffering i am willing to come to your aid make a wish and i will grant it i wish replied the youth promptly to be the most powerful prince on earth so that i may carry the princess whom i adore dear me dear me said the fairy why don't you go instead and sing a love song underneath her window and not trouble yourself with the cares which your wish will bring you. But, since I have promised, it shall be as you desire. Let me, however, first warn you of one thing. When you have ceased to be what you are now, no enchanter, no fairy, not even myself, will be able to restore you to your first condition. Once become a prince, and you will remain a prince forever. Do you think, answered the youth, that the royal husband of the princess rosalind will ever wish to be again a beggar upon the highway well i only hope you may be happy said the fairy with a sigh then with a golden wand she touched him upon the shoulder and in the twinkling of an eye the beggar became a magnificent lord glittering in silks and jewels riding upon an arabian courser at the head of a train of plumed courtiers and a throng of warriors in golden armor a prince of such magnificence could only be received at the king's court in one way he was welcomed with fuss and bustle and for a whole week there were feastings balls, and fets of every conceivable kind in his honour but it was not in these pleasures that the prince was occupied at every hour of the day and night he thought of rosalind when he saw her he felt his heart bound with joy when he heard her speak he thought he was listening to faultless music And he almost fainted with delight when she gave him her hand to dance a minuet but one thing worried him somewhat she whom he loved seemed to pay but little heed to all his attentions she remained silent and went about with a melancholy air at length he asked the royal parents for their daughter's hand in marriage and as may be supposed they took care not to refuse so splendid an offer so the beggar of a little while ago was going to possess the loveliest princess in the world and so extraordinary was his happiness on receiving the parents consent that he felt as though he could have danced minuet by himself before all the court alas his joy was but short-lived no sooner was rosalind told of her parents wishes than she fell in a swoon in the arms of her ladies of honour and when she came to herself it was to say with tears and with wringing of hands that she did not wish to marry and that she would kill herself before she became the wife of the prince more in despair than can well be described the unhappy prince ran into the room to which the princess had been carried and fell on his knees before her cruel one he cried take back your words she slowly opened her eyes and replied weakly but firmly prince nothing can break down my resolution I shall never marry you. What? he cried. Have you the barbarity to wound a heart that is all yours? What crime have I committed to deserve such a punishment? Do you doubt my love? Do you fear that I shall ever cease to worship you? Ah, if you could read my inmost thoughts, you would have neither those doubts nor fears. He did not stop there but said everything which a great grief could inspire and said it so well that rosalind was moved to tenderness but not of the kind that he wished unhappy prince she said if my pity is any consolation to you i willingly accord it i am moreover the readier to sympathize with you because i feel just the same sort of pain and sorrow that you do what do you mean princess he asked in wonder i mean she replied that i refused you because i am hopelessly in love with a beggar lad who with bare feet and uncovered head passed one day before my father's castle who stood to look at me but who went away and has never come back again End of chapter seven